0: hello everyone i am peter resnick and welcome to the dr peter resnick's toolbox today is an open mic show Uh, feel free to call at any time at 888-874-4888 again 888-874-4888 if you are dealing with some emotional challenges or physical illness, please call. Uh, Remember, my field is mind-body integrative therapy. Also, if you have a night dream and you want to share, remember, we have our last Tuesday of the month. This month will be February 28th that we dedicate all the whole show to night dreams. You can prepare your dreams and questions about night dreams, and I will gladly address them. If you cannot call, you can write to me an email at this address Dr. Peter at gmail.com. at gmail.com. I received some interesting emails this week. Ray, my old friend sent me a long email with many good questions. I will attempt to answer some of them. Uh, but perhaps our next uh, show, because last week, I was already talking about some of his questions. Uh, Thank you, Nikki, for your letter and kind words. I also received an email from Lori. She wrote, please, please, please speak about relationships, how to keep it going, how not to screw it up. Please written three times. How can I not respond to such a plea? And also where in the energy of Valentine's Day, it's particularly relevant to talk about relationships. St. Valentine was a priest and physician in Rome. He lived uh, and was executed for his faith, I believe in the third century, right before Emperor of Rome. Uh, Constantine converted to Christianity. But somehow, uh, his name became associated with this special holiday. Uh, It became an international holiday. So Happy Valentine's Day uh, to all those who celebrate it. It has become truly a day of expressing love, looking for love, celebrating love. Uh, I do have a very powerful exercise, by the way, to bring a relationship into your life. I said many times on this show. Remember that which is inside is outside, that is, which is outside is inside. So we, I will, I, I received the call in a second. I will take the call. Uh, so, so when we set our mind to receiving a a a good relationship we're able to bring it into our life but let me answer the phone call Uh, alejandro you're on the air
1: hey peter how are you happy valentine's day
0: i am good how are you
1: i'm great i'm great man um i have a question about human morphology but not so much about the face about the body can we talk about that
0: yes that's fine yes because remember, face is connected with the body. Can, face is, is yep. part of the body, so we're we're fine. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Beautiful. Uh, Because I know know your your specialty is like face reading as far or or that that part of human morphology, but, you know, like the microsystems within the body, I know that the Chinese uh, do the acupuncture like on the hand or ear because that represents a bigger portion. So I have a two-part question. Um, The first part of the question is, have you ever heard of uh, Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais and his work with the body? Yeah, of course, of course, yes.
0: It's a whole... Therapeutic approach, yes. I heard, I didn't study his approach, but I know actually a couple of therapists who practice Felden, Feldenkrais technique.
1: Well, a lot of his uh, method goes towards uh, specific body types. He says, don't ever generalize about a specific person because the life story how they develop how they've grown how they've adapted their injuries will affect their body and not the same thing applies to everyone. like like you you say that this uh, similar thing with the temperament right
0: yes yes
1: so my, my first part of the question is have you noticed or do the morphological types uh, not only have a specific type of face shape but also a specific of body shape and and if so what is it for sure for sure different body
0: types uh correspond with different faces different profiles actually because the profile is really reflecting our uh, temperament so we're born with different temperaments but before i go into that i i want to say that I am not. I know about the work of Ken Feldenkrais, but I don't know if he uses what kind of typology, body typology, he uses. Um, well,
1: in in every article that I've read about him, he doesn't specify. He never mentions any typology. He more, uh, uh, orients himself to how the person is now, and he works with that without making any assumptions of what should be the best and correct for him. But he does imply heavily that. Um, your your type of uh, the way you walk and the way your body has developed it says a lot about you but he works more so with the body and making you conscious of how your body's structured and different or specific to you
0: yes yeah okay so yes dr alexander low medical doctor also developed pretty much the same technique uh, but they they're dealing with the now they are talking about the body uh, that a person has in a moment and what has become of them of of individuals they work with uh, from their birth to that moment uh, in time when they see the practitioner but human morphology implies much greater picture and that is that of, of how a person came into this world and what he believes he or she they brought from previous incarnations. Uh, those people who don't believe in reincarnation can simply relate to um, genetics. That's called, you inherit certain characteristics from your ancestors, whether it's ancestral or from previous life. The belief is that we come into this world with certain predispositions. And already when a child is born, there are certain body type. And that body type reflects certain beliefs that they and beliefs and talents that they brought with with themselves, whether it's from genetic um, inheritance or from previous incarnations. Uh, How how do we know why? Why are we so comfortable with this idea? Because, you know, people come uh, into this world different. When you see those people who have two, three, four children, no. The child grows up in the same environment, but from, from the get-go, they, some child is generous, some person child is withholding and cries if you take something from him. Some child has um, a talent to music, like Mozart composed music from the age of four, and somebody else doesn't have any uh, talents to music. So the same with talents. the same with inclinations, the same with energy type. Why is it important? Because we know then, if a person is a certain body type, we know what story they came with. They give an example, like one body type, we call it bilious is willful, organized, meticulous, orderly, um, a natural leader. So and you already see this child from the young age. Nobody taught him, but he is a leader. So And when a person becomes an adult, and let's say they have um, a subordinate position, and they come into an office of someone like Feldenkahn, neither of them is alive, or Dr. uh, Lohan. So the the practitioner, or let's say acupuncturist, or physical therapist that I trained in, in this morphology that I teach, They already understand what questions to ask about a person's life, because they understand, yes, they may fix some physical imperfections in the person's body with physical therapy. It's such a wonderful, wonderful profession. They're really very helpful. But again, they will only address a symptom if they just fix a person's posture. But if they address the issues that a person has and the way they will know about the issues is looking at the person's body type. And by looking at the body type they will understand what inner conflicts they possibly carry within. So then there is a it's a fullness of the approach because you can guide the person to change his or her ways. Did I did I ask answer your question, Alejandra?
1: Um, partially my question was like, um, more into like, for example, um, I've noticed that a lot of people, um, that have like a big truck behind, you know, like big glutes, uh, they normally have less doubt about going into the future about the, how to move forward in life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, maybe I'm, I'm focusing on that part of the body cause I don't really have any glutes, Um, but like the type of body or what certain muscle structure or posture structure says about you pertaining to the temperaments or or the, the body types that you are are mentioning. Is there anything like specific uh, about them? Like they know in Ayurveda, for example, uh, the, with the the nervous body type that you handle, they would probably be very thin, but also is there anything other than them being thin and, uh, your bones being more brutal than the rest is there anything specific about how they hold their body or their posture or their mus- musculature um that's relevant
0: frankly i'm i'm not clear about the question alejandro i'm not i'm not clear
1: like uh for example um someone with a very broad back what oh, does yes. it say about them pertaining to the to their temperament or you know, big, strong, powerful legs, or oh, yeah. you, it, it, does that correlate to any specific temperament, or what does it say about them internally? Or uh, specific to like? Uh-huh?
0: Yes, of course. Everything, anything. whether a, a large back, small back, thin body, a thick, a powerful body. It all corresponds with a certain temperament. That's. That is, uh, you know, I have the book, uh, Face Reading for Successful Relationships, and I talk about it. Yes, what you are describing, for example, like if a person has a large back and let's say a person is muscular, it sounds to me, uh, according to Western morphology that I teach, it's a sanguine temperament. Yes, they are conquerors, Mm. they are powerful, they are unstoppable, they run out of steam because they... Have short energy span and short attention span, but they are very powerful. So the same thing: if you pers- have a, has a person, a person has a, a weak, what we will call or fragile bone structure, they are more cautious, they are less, they, they exhibit less power, uh, physical power, and uh, even emotionally, they are more. Functioning in spurts, they can get excited and then they lose their excitement. Um, uh, their, oh, how to say it, uh, their mood fluctuates, and their and their body is not stable. That so that would be a nervous temperament. And and I as I write about it, uh, each temperament temperament has their advantages and disadvantages, that powerful, uh, you mentioned a person with a powerful back, with a uh, powerful jaw, and um, big muscular arms, can be very powerful physically, uh, but they, as I mentioned, they have short attention span, and they're impatient. Where that fragile type, they they have, uh, even though they're physically fragile, they're brilliant, their mind works three times faster than that of the, the other one, the, the sanguine temperament. So that's their advantage. So there is usually a good situation when, like in business, if you understand different temperaments, you can uh, connect people to achieve a, a particular goal where one does, let's say, promotion, And the other does accounting, and the third does implements ideas, let's say, of production. So that's how I I actually have a whole course called uh, Face Reading for Successful Business. Why? Because different temperament is different at at different um, different position. I hope I answered your question a little bit. Uh Yes,, in more One question for example, that I want to go back to, uh, to Valentine's yeah. Day. Okay.
1: Yeah. So for example, someone like myself and a lot of men, where it's very easy to them for them to build up a lot of muscle mass on the upper half of their body, and women that have the opposite effect, where it's more it's, it tends to be easier for them to build muscle mass on the lower half of the body. Uh, although it's not always the same, you know, there are some men that are the, that's the opposite, but most of the time it is that way. Um, what does it say about someone when they do have a, a much easier time building muscle in one part of their body or upper half compared to the bottom half? Is that an instability? Is that just a masculine feminine thing? Is that having to do with like, w- what do you understand that to be?
0: Well, uh, a lot of it, remember, beyond morphology, is our everyday life there is there is influence of culture a lot of men for example of every any temperament are killing themselves in the gyms and actually harm themselves in in many cases by building muscles because they will look good to women so it's not a morphological type it's more fashion tend to be, it's natural for a woman, it's not about power, but it's natural for a woman to have a, a larger lower part because that's where she has her uterus and the woman, uh, unlike again, it's fe- became fas- so fashionable for women now to go to gyms and work out and have strong muscles, which is fantastic, but still a woman biologically dis- is designed to carry a baby and not to become necessarily an athlete. So, I've, And I've seen a number of women who exercised were very, very strong and were so frustrated they couldn't get pregnant. And the first thing I would do if, if I would meet them uh, is I would ask them to stop exercising so hard. Um, and in some situations, that's all that was required. And in other situations, of course, there were some physical problems. At the time, women could see me with with this problem of infertility, they already tried everything. Uh, they went through doctors, and doctors say saying there is nothing wrong with you, but for some reason you don't get pregnant. And it can be either psychological, some resistance um, in 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 a woman, or again because she is working to be a gladiator, not not a mother. The mother needs to be soft and cushiony and um, have have space for the baby. Uh, physically and emotionally so but a man a man again uh, if a person is a sanguine temperament that's one of the four temperaments so it's natural for him to become powerful in the upper part of the body but for what we call nervous temperament no they may hurt themselves and even very often men don't out, you know, because they invented all these machines and and men want to have big uh, muscles arm on arms and, and chest so and they hurt themselves with machines. The best is you know there is there are thousands of years old uh, traditions like Qigong uh, in China and uh, uh, yoga, uh, that Indians in, uh, created. These are perfect systems that are millennia old and they worked out the system of not hurting the body but um, that would respect every every f- all flow of energy, meaning not to to overdo. And if a person is if you have a good te- yoga teacher, they will know understand your body type and your individual needs. Okay, thank you very much for calling Alejandro uh, from Mexico. Oh, that's a long distance call. Good, uh, are you Are you there?
1: Um, yes, uh, thank okay. you for preserving uh, the wisdom of our ancestors and, and communicating to us, man, uh, because of what you're doing. Thanks for your call.
0: Okay, so we <laughs>
1: diverted a little
0: bit with morphology, ladies and gentlemen, as you may remember. I spoke about face reading and different body types in other, uh, during the other uh, shows. And I, if any of you are interested, it, I spoke about it maybe a, a year, a year and a half ago, I can give give another talk on face reading. And face reading is very good to know, particularly if you are uh, in a relationship or, or looking for someone because, you know, they say, it's as easy to, Marry a rich man, meet a rich man as a poor man, right? That's the saying. So, if you are not in a relationship, uh, it's better if you have choices to choose the person. Uh, what I call with for, with green light, which means perfect match, rather than the match that is not that perfect. But above any f- face reading, about above any body type, there is love. So, if you love somebody, that's the relationship that you have to make. But it would be good. Uh, it would be good to have a relationship. Uh, but before you, I, I was, before Alejandra called, I started talk to, talking to you about techniques to bring a person into your life. I have a wonderful, wonderful technique. Uh, and, and I find that it works very well. But in order to use the technique itself will last one minute and a half. You do it once a day for three weeks. Uh, But you need to be prepared for that technique. And and the way you prepare yourself is you make sure that you have space for a new relationship, which means you don't have attachments, you don't have unfinished business. If you do, then remember as above, so below as inside, so is outside. So you will begin to attract a person who is like you. Would you like to meet if you're a woman? Would you like to meet a man who is still thinking about another woman? If you're a man, would you like to meet a woman who is still talking on the phone with her ex? So you need to get rid of, of all attachments and be ready. And then you write a list of qualities that you want in your future partner. But don't Write things that you are willing to forfeit. Only absolutely necessary things, without which it's a deal breaker. But if there are things that are a must, a deal breaker, you must include. Okay, I, I remember giving this exercise to someone, to a woman, um, and she told me, "Listen, thing doesn't work. what doesn't work." She said, "I wrote ten things about a man I want to meet." And uh, indeed I met a guy like this and we went out for the first time and we were speaking and I really thought he is everything I ask but then he touched my hand and I felt nothing there is absolutely no attraction and I said did you write on your list sexually uh, physically attractive to me and she said no I thought it will be it comes with a No, it doesn't. You have to keep somehow losing connection. We, I don't know if we are connected or not connected. I will continue talking. So um, so write write down uh, a list. Great. I just received a note that we are connected, so there was a little problem with connection. So um, here we are. So write down this list, and then next week, if you wish, once you write down the list, I will teach you the exercise how to bring a person in your life. But now I I want to go back to, I didn't forget you, Laurie, I want to go back to How to make relationships work? Uh, Well, you know, it's very important to have a relationship. The very first instruction God gives to a human after God creates a human is, it is not good for a man to be alone. And indeed, modern research conclusively demonstrates that people who live alone have much higher rates of heart attacks, die prematurely, But other studies show that people who are in unsatisfying and unfulfilling relationships uh, have higher rates of depression, anxiety, physical illness and die prematurely. So ladies and gentlemen, we are in trouble. Not being in a relationship is bad for you and staying in a bad relationship is also bad for you. So what do you do? The only choice we have if you want to live a long and healthy life, you must have, absolutely must have a relationship that works. Excuse me, let me have a sip of my tea. <clears throat> so, I, why it's, how important it is, I, I, it's super important. You, If you're in a relationship, I want, uh, how to say, not, I want to encourage you, or to to convince you, to make it so clear that without that that it's so important to work on the relationship, so you would be a happy person. I I already cited for you a study. I think maybe even in the last two two plus years that I've been doing this show, maybe even more than one time. But I would like to cite it for you again, because it relates to relationships as well. Uh, This study was done by one of the most cited psychologists of 20th century, Dr. Hans Isaac. 13,000 people were evaluated for their basic, for their basic lifelong attitudes. They were divided in four groups. One group was of people who were who felt helpless and depressed, they wanted something which was not available. The second group was of people who experienced a lot of anger. And in the relationship that happens so often, they felt that someone wronged them. The third group bounced between anger and depression. And the fourth group was what is called of well-adjusted people. Um, uh, Abraham Maslow called it self-actualized people. People who were happy with themselves and their relationships. Now, pay attention to the numbers. After 15 years, 75% of people who died from cancer We're from the group number one, from depressed people. And so so much depression is happening in relationships these days. People just live what Freud called a life of quiet desperation. They stay in relationships because they don't see anything better in their mind, nothing better available, but they're not happy. So 75% of all people who died from cancer from... were from the depressed group. 75% of all people who died as a result of heart and blood disorder were from the second group, from the angry group. 9% of those who died from cancer or heart problems were from group three, who were either angry or depressed. Less than 1% of those from a group four died from cancer, or heart problems. Less than 1%. Can you imagine? We're talking about people who are happy. Less than 1%. Another interesting um, piece of information we got from Isaac, 28% of smokers from a group one, two and three died from cancer within these 15 years. We know that 85% of lung cancer is found just in cigarette smokers. So so it's not surprising, but eight, 28% of all smokers died from people, from groups um, of people who were either depressed or angry. 0.8% of smokers from a group four developed cancer. Can you imagine? I tr- Bill, Trust me, I do not, Own stack of of tobacco companies. I'm not promoting smoking, it's not good for you. But think about it. We say that smoking kills. Yes. Within 15 years, 28% but of people who were angry or depressed uh, developed cancer. But only less than 1% of group from group 4, from happy people. Developed cancer. Isn't that incredible? So, be happy. Remember, the um, Bobby McFarlane, I believe, who, uh, was singing. Don't worry, be happy, right? So you have to ask yourself. And remember, we human beings are social creatures. The quality of our life depends on the quality of our relationships. So ask yourself, how am I in my relationship? Is this relationship a source of joy, fun, pleasure, learning, fulfillment? Or it's a source of frustration, hurt, anger, depression? You you heard the statistics. And if you are not in a relationship, still, you can be in with this talk. You have to decide what kind of a relationship you would like to bring in your life. Now, there is good news. A lot of valuable tools have been created, I would say, particularly in the last 50 years. Tools for making relationships work. For example, um, Dr. Marshall Rosenberg wrote a book, Nonviolent Communication. Uh, His technique of nonviolent communication is taught at the United Nations as a tool for communication. And people but people who travel uh, with peace missions, people who travel to different countries of the world are learning this technique called nonviolent communications. Uh, And I teach this technique as part of my long course called making all your relationships work. And if if we have time, at one point, I will introduce this technique for you, unless you want to buy a book. It's literally called Nonviolent Communication by Marshall Rosenberg. Then uh, there was a wonderful technique called heart to heart communication. I will introduce it here. I learned it. I didn't develop it. I learned it from Paul and Luella Cutright. I actually called them. I know them for at least 20 years. And Six months ago, I called them because I wanted to invite them as guests on my show. They're a fantastic couple. And when I called, unfortunately, I spoke to Paul. Uh, Paul and Luella were in a car crash and both had traumatic brain injury. Luella was still... uh, in coma, and he came out of coma, and he was trying to recuperate. Uh, we spoke for very little time. And he said he is not capable, of course, to attend any, any talks. So that's and, and for, for now, I, I've sent him an email and didn't get a reply. So I'm afraid to to go, okay. I will, uh, on the internet, because I, I don't know what happened to either of them. In fact, I just thought about them as I spoke to you, so I probably will after I speak to you, ladies and gentlemen. So but they came up with what a wonderful they they taught classes on relationships. And um, they have wonderful techniques that I also incorporated in my course, making your relationships work. Uh, But what I uh, developed is what is called love treaty. And that's Lori for you would be probably a good thing to download. Anybody who wants to download my my love treaty, you can go on my website, uh, Dr. Peter Resnick.com uh, and go under articles and you will see love treaty, uh, which is again, I believe a very good tool. It's easy to download the the love treaty. it's only two pages and to sign it with your partner. It's more challenging actually to live up to those promises that you make or commitments that you make as you sign that love treaty. So that requires clarification and possibly some help. That's why those of you who are interested Please go on my website, read, sign with your partner if the partner is interested. Love treaty. And then call me. Again, if you're not comfortable, you can give somebody else's name. Uh, Call me and let's go together through each paragraph of this treaty. Or you can ask questions if you have any questions or you need any tools. How to keep up. How to... Be true to the commitments that you make. So, and I will gladly guide you through it. Okay. So let it be an assignment for you for for next week. Um, but today we have still time. Uh, so. You received your homework, you received your assignment. And to work on love the love treaty probably will take a whole hour. And that's why I think we can take next uh, show and spend it on on the love treaty. And if we have extra time, I will talk about nonviolent communication. But today I would, uh, would like to address something else. And that's essential, something we need to start with if we want to improve our relationships. And that is step number one in making your relationships work is mastering your relationship with yourself. Your self must have a vision, must have an awareness, a belief that happiness, fulfillment, financial success, for that matter, a wonderful relationship, is possible in your life. Without such a belief, none of that can happen. Because belief creates experience. How can it be true, you may say. Remember, every spiritual tradition, we spoke about it many times, teaches that which is inside is outside, that is, which is outside is inside. Remember yin and yang uh, symbol. So if you have inner belief that it is not possible, nothing can really happen. So we have to create a strong belief inside of your consciousness that you have the confidence that it is possible to have a wonderful, fulfilling, spiritual, emotionally satisfying relationship. You must believe that you deserve to have such a relationship. And you must feel that is safe to have such a relationship. So I would like to do with you an exercise to accomplish just that. And, ladies and gentlemen, I am inviting you, those of you who want to give it a try. God willing, you know I will be here, so you uh, you will be able to report and see and and, and let me know whether it's working or not. Uh, so. If you want to participate, it can be about a relationship. Uh, but but it doesn't have to be only. If it your issue is not a relationship but success, it can also be that. This exercise is really um, what we'll call neuro associate creating neurocivate associative conditioning, neuroassociative conditioning conditioning your brain your mind for success so if uh, that of course requires a a tool we call imagination so we'll do a mental imagery exercise uh to create to create conditioning for success in in for many of you probably it is a relationship as i said the tools of how to navigate relationship you will learn later maybe possibly next week but now it's about having personal belief that it's possible so just close your eyes and combine the focus of your left brain with your with the playfulness of your right brain if it's not easy for you to imagine just pretend that you Can imagine. Think of it. Feel it in your heart. Close your eyes, sit comfortably, inhale relaxation, and exhale tension. Take a moment and mentally scan your body from head to toe. Think or imagine inhaling relaxation, exhaling tension. And if you find any part of your body tense, just think or imagine breathing in warm air into that part. And now I want you to go into your private magical garden that is full of medicinal plants healing herbs, lavish vegetation, and absolutely wonderful energy. And I want you to take a moment and awaken as many of your senses as you can, one at a time. Try to smell those plants and flowers, or see them. You can touch them if you wish. You can smell them. And I want you now to find a power spot in this garden, that space, special place with extra soft grass and stand there upright, mentally take your shoes off and feel the softness of the grass against the soles of your feet. I would like you now to imagine releasing through the soles of your feet, all the fatigue, mental strain, stiff back, tight shoulders, or whatever it is, release them into the grass. And now for a few seconds, I want you to think of what you want your relationship to be like. Just say to yourself mentally, as clearly as you can, that is your left brain working. Make a clear statement. My relationship is this, this, this. And now imagine it actually happening in your mind. Be playful. This is your right brain working. Be creative. Do not hold yourself back. See it being in life. See how this relationship is working in this beautiful, satisfying way. And now bring in the emotion, your limbic system. Feel the joy, feel the passion. Bring the future into the present as if it's happening now. As if you are at the height of your emotion. Now, when you get to that place, when you see it and feel the joy As much as you can. At the peak of your experience, I want you to clench your right fist and say to yourself mentally the word now. Stay with the feeling for as long as you can hold it. And now, release, relax your fist, and begin to prepare yourself to come back to the state of normal activity. See yourself or think of yourself putting your shoes back and mentally count uh, from one to five as you're going back the same way you came to, to this garden, and then open your eyes. Now, what we just did was, as I said, neuroassociative conditioning. Everybody opened your eyes, yes. So we connected, we not only imagined that which we want but we connected it with this tight fist and saying mentally the word now so every time you think about a relationship that you want time, just any thought comes about relationship in the coming week i want you to clench your right fist and say to yourself mentally the word now So what you do is you bring, it's as if you have this whole session that we just had, you know, which took a few minutes, six, seven minutes. You bring it into your present moment or opposite. You bring yourself into that session. So you reconnect with this conditioning. If you do it 5, 10, 20, 30 times a day, 50 times a day, the more the better but you one anytime you think about a relationship you go back to that experience you think you go back to the experience and uh, you will let me know how it feels and again it can be done not only with um, not only with relationships if if you are dealing with a business again you can imagine uh, first you st- the left brain works you make a statement how your business is succeeding or the, or the amount of money it's making it's better not to give specific number it's better to kind of uh, give a, a overall uh, not even number but statement of satisfaction for example i'm making Sufficient amount of money, I'm satisfied with the amount of money I make, and so on. And so that's what you say. And then you imagine it. You can imagine yourself looking at your bank statement, or you imagine yourself celebrating your victory, and so on. And you get connected with the wonderful feeling. And then you clench your fist and say mentally the word now. So you Again, you keep reinforcing it, which means your inner life, remember inner and out are mirror images of each other way, inner in forms, in forms, that is create physical form from inner experience. So inner informs the outer about what you want. So you want to reinforce as often as you can uh, this message I am successful, whether it's a relationship or whatever whatever you want in your life. If you want a little confirmation, you think anything that I'm telling you now is not my invention. I'm not saying anything new. I quoted to you spiritual traditions, you know, uh, that which is inside is outside. But also these days, many scientists are coming to the same conclusions. David Bohm, protégé of Albert Einstein, wrote this wonderful book, uh, Universe in the Implicate Order, where he talks exactly about that, that, that our reality is projection of our inner life. Uh, David Bohm is now dead uh, for at least 30 years. Uh, but another theoretical physicist, Amit Goswami, who wrote self aware universe pretty much suggests the same, that the universe is consciousness, and we care inside of our of also we're part of that consciousness. And we what we project through our consciousness is uh, created as physical reality. And of course, uh, theoretical physicist, Fred Alan Wolf, who wrote many books on this subject, and one that I read is spiritual universe, and his belief is that our thoughts are quantum waves. And that's very interesting because um, how do I work with people who have physical illnesses? I give them exercises, mental exercises, let's say shrink, of shrinking a tumor, right? You say, how can a thought affect the tumor? What Fred Allen Wolf says is that you know our thoughts are wave-like. But quantum's those small, smallest particles slash waves. They are not just what quantum ph- or quantum physicists are saying. Uh, quantum's are not particles. They are only particles when we look at them. But when they don't look at them, they're waves. So and our thoughts are waves. So what Alfred Alan Wolf suggests is that our thoughts quantum waves that go forward, we send uh, our quantum waves forward, and then they bounce off. He doesn't, I'm not clear what he believes they bounce off. He doesn't use necessarily the word God, uh, but they bounce off and come back as echo waves. They go out as quantum waves and come back as echo waves, and we step into them. So basically that our present uh, comes from our future against the backdrop of the past. That's his words, if you want to understand it. So our future, our present is not determined by our past as we believed in the old paradigm, but our present is determined by the future coming to us as a reflection of thoughts that we send in the past into the universe. So uh, that's why you have to be careful with what thoughts you are sending into the world. um, Because you are breathing life into them. So if you say, Oh, my mother had breast cancer, so I will have breast cancer. So that's what the thought you're sending. If you're saying, Oh, now economy is not good. How can I find a good job? So that's eventually what is brought to you is the difficulties finding a job or breast cancer because that's what you were envisioning. You have to be very clear uh, and and uh, very committed to sending the right thoughts but you will say what what if I'm negative you know there are many people who the first thought that comes to them is a negative thought and indeed you heard me say it the speed of thought is 150th of a second so you are practically powerless um, against negative thoughts they will come if your tendency is to be negative that's not what I'm um, cautioning you about. What I'm cautioning you is the dwelling in that negative thought. What you want to do if a negative thought comes, you simply say, oops, you acknowledge it. And then you choose to think something opposite. Because any thought reminds you of the opposite. Like, like if a thought comes cold, right? So the reason you know about cold is because you know about warm. If it's you think light, Because you know what darkness is. The same thing if you say, if the thought comes, oh, I will never get that job. You say, oops. And that reminds me of my possibility of being the best of myself and finding a wonderful job and so on. It's the same thing with the relationship and whatever you do in your life. I will repeat the words of Fred Alan Wolf. The present is uh, manifested as a message from the future against the backdrop, uh, uh, backdrop of the past, which means you send a message, it goes into the universe and comes back. The message came from yesterday and the day before yesterday, and the days and days when you reinforce that negativity or positivity, and then comes back to you from the future that you already informed about as if what you want, and what you hold for a long time, or reinforce in your mind over and over will come back to you. So once again, I remind you, make sure that you are sending the right messages and cancel any negative message that you send. And that will be all for today. Uh, The time is up almost, we have only two minutes left. Uh, and I want to thank you for being with me today. Once again, please write to me, you have my email, and uh, you're welcome to call. Next week will be also an open mic. Um, I hope you write and tell me what you would like me to focus my attention on uh, in the future shows, but we have already two shows kind of set, the next week we'll be working on love treaty, and how to make it actually happen and keep up with our promises. And the following week we'll be talking about night dreams. But absolutely, please write to me, uh, make requests, I will do my best to to fulfill Uh, your your wishes, because that's why I'm here. Thank you very much again for being with me. I'm looking forward to having your attention next Tuesday at two o'clock. Be happy. Peace to all who want to live in peace.